This is Pastor Mike from Jordan Lutheran Church, and you're about to hear one of our Sunday morning messages. At Jordan, we're passionate about learning from the Bible and pray that this message makes an impact in your life. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, unless any of you are curious, don't worry, those $100 shares were canceled a long, long time ago, uh, and it's now just a sheet of paper. Uh, yes, I was, waiting, I was waiting to see like one of you sneak up, 1827 stock, pastor has it unguarded while he preaches, I'll move on it. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it is not valid, but it certainly uh, looks nice to set there. Well, when we think about uh, times and phases in our life, for some of you, right now, middle of June, this is the main event. Uh, and it's the main event for your garden. Because we are far enough into the growing season that your plants have told you whether or not they're going to do anything. I'm not saying they're producing actual fruit that you're eating it yet, but you're far enough in to realize that that plant you put in the ground is telling you whether or not something's going to happen. Some of you I look out at are actually kind of happy. You're like, yeah, yeah, I've got... Others of you may be a little more forlorn, and you've discovered that you're going to have to go back to the drawing board. Uh, and next year, you'll have to try more. Or if you're my wife and I, you're discovering that the bunny rabbits, boy, they breed like bunny rabbits. Yes, that is exactly what they breed like. We saw two in the yard yesterday. We've got two babies, and they eye everything up. They're just adorable and boy, do they eat and eat and eat. So I know that they're very excited about things that are set there for us. Uh, well, this morning's parable is about a seed, and it's about a growing seed. So if you would open up to Mark chapter 4, uh, open up the Bible, we're going to be in there. Uh, and what I want you to consider uh, about this parable is to realize that most of you, as you look to this parable, probably have another portion of Mark 4 in your minds. So let me just read a portion of it. This is Mark 4, 26 and 27. And he said, that is Jesus speaking again to the crowds, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises day and night, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. Now, for most of you, when you think of parables about seeds and growing, are actually probably in the front of Mark 4. Uh, because a lot of us, when we talk about uh, growing and scattering seed, are thinking of another parable, uh, and it's the parable of the sower. And the sower talks about four different types of soil and where the seeds go, and, uh, and it talks about how it is that if the seed is scattered, and sometimes it grows, and it, and it shoots up, and then it just dies overnight, and there's different soil types, and those uh, who, when we get the explanation of this parable, uh, talks about how some of us are receptive to hearing the word and others are not. Uh, but that's not the parable we're looking at today. So I just want to make sure that you kind of leave that one where it is and realize Jesus is doing something different here. He's teaching in parables to help us understand how the kingdom works, but we're not talking about soil. So I've got, you just need to check the soil type conversation at the door. It's there. Jesus is using it for a different lesson. But today he wants to talk to you about the seed. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. So just picture a person scattering seed. This is what he's describing on the ground. He sleeps and rises day and night. So the person who scattered does what? Some of you really like this. He, he sleeps. That's right. Some of you really like sleep, didn't get enough sleep, would like more sleep. Stick with me just a little bit longer. Uh, so he's got this sleeping, and he's sleeping, and then the seed sprouts and grows. 
You've got to check the soil types at the door. And I mean it. I'll say it a couple times this morning. Because don't get caught up that this is about the soil type. You're going to lose what he's doing here. What Jesus is talking about is the person scatters seed and then goes to sleep and just sleeps day and night and just does sleep. And the next thing you know, the seed sprouts. And he doesn't know how. Now remember, is this parable really talking about seeds? No. It's talking about the kingdom of heaven. So when it talks about the kingdom's growth, some people scatter it, and then they go to sleep. Some of you are like, man, this kingdom of God stuff sounded better. You said sleep a lot. But it tells you something about the kingdom. The seed is the thing that needs to be planted. It has to be set there. And then we have to do probably the hardest thing for us. Wait. Remember, this was Jesus' message to the disciples, was it not? Go ahead of me into Jerusalem, and then I will come to you. Wait there until the coming of the Holy Spirit. And all the disciples went and sat in nice, neat rows, right? And just sat there, waited patiently. They said, we're just waiting on the Lord. Well, some of them with excitement. They had seen the resurrected Lord. But to realize most of you, if someone says, hey, I need you to sit this here and then just wait. Anyone have a chia pet as a child? Okay, only one of you is willing to admit it. Two of you. A bunch of you had them, but you don't want to acknowledge you had them. Or you visited them at a neighbor's house. But the neat thing is, if you ever had one, and you took that little clay animal, and you poured water into the top, and you took that lather, and you wet up the clay, and then you put that slathery paste of seeds around it, you probably said this, or the child in your family said it. Where are the seeds? Why is it not sprouting? Why is it not growing? And the parent, or you had to tell that child, you have to Wait. You have to wait. But then that miracle happened, did it not? A few days passed, and that one little sprout comes out, and it changes everything. You go, wow, what did I do? And the truth is, the child did nothing. You're like, oh, no, they had to water and do others. The child didn't program the seed. The child didn't uh, say anything else. The child just got to watch the miracle of growth. The miracle of things moving forward and seeing them move forward. The information was all inside the seed. The growth was all in the seed. Now, remember I said you had to check the four soil types at the door because some of you are sitting there worried about the soil types and it's about the soil types. It's not here because Jesus' point about the kingdom isn't about the soil. Here he's talking about the true growth comes from the, the seed. And the truth is, we need to make sure that the seed is out there. But unfortunately for a lot of us, we've stopped throwing seed. Because we're not going to throw seed. Because that's not our job. I don't throw seed. That's someone else's task. Because I do, and then you can insert whatever it is that you're doing. But we've just got to place, well, that's not for me. That's for someone else. After all, we have a pastor. He's supposed to throw seed. Because it's, again, not about the seed. Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about what's taking place to set there. What's interesting in the latter part of Mark, here in this parable, he takes all the things that you are accustomed to from the front. So you can bring back uh, the soil types just for a moment. Briefly, he takes the sunshine, the cultivation, the rain, and the earth all for granted in this latter portion of Mark 4. It's all just taken for granted. Because he says the seed, the seed is scattered, and then the person goes to sleep, rises day and night. Now, all that other stuff has to take place. I know that. If you know about seeds, you do realize there had to be sunlight. There had to be some type of moisture. I get that. 
But Jesus isn't talking about growing plants. He's talking about growing the kingdom of God. And growing the kingdom of God requires you to realize who does the growing. The seed. And the seed's got everything it needs inside of it. All of its genetic makeup is in there. That seed knows how to become a plant. That plant knows whether or not it's going to be a soybean, a green bean, corn, a tomato. It knows all that. It's all set there. That was all part of just the seed going out. When we scatter the word of God out there, realize God's word will do what it does. It will grow. Sometimes it grows overnight. Sometimes it takes a lifetime. Sometimes it takes a few generations. Sometimes it takes longer than we want it to take. We're easily frustrated, if we're honest. Some of us are just good at hiding our frustration. Uh, But as human beings, waiting is not our Watchword. It's not something we enjoy. See verse 30 to 32, still here in Mark 4. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? So we got the seed that's growing, and then he takes to the mustard seed. So he talked about the seed that has everything that it needs, and then he goes to a mustard seed. Why? To talk about the size of the seed. Because some of you are still wrapped up with soil types. Yeah, but it's really about, you know, Pastor, you've got to put it in the right soil and you do this and you've got to get this organic composition and all this other. I know. I get that. But you're thinking this is about farming. It's not about farming. It's about growing the kingdom of God. He's just trying to get you into understanding how things grow. And now that he got you wrapped up in seeds, some of you are like, well, you have to get a special type of seed. And I know the company that sells the best seeds. Forget, stop. You're getting wrapped up in the earthly side. All he was trying to do is get you into how the kingdom's doing. And some of you are like, yeah, but you don't understand. I know a lot about seed types. I know some of you know exponentially more about earthly seed types than I do. And I'm delighted you do because I've eaten the byproducts of some of those seeds my entire life. And I'm glad people know that. But the Lord here wants to tell you about growing his kingdom. He says then about seeds. So he goes right from the seed type into this mustard seed. Why? Because he wants to show you that sometimes even small seeds do great big things. As a kid, bigger is always what? Better. I mean, you remember Christmas, right? Bigger gifts are always better. Always. Just always. You come down, you look at the tree, the first thing you want to do is look for what? The biggest gift. This was always true in my family. And then you always look and you and you'd look at the name, right? And if the biggest wasn't yours, you were already, well, I guess there's next year. I mean, you don't even know what's in it. But bigger is always better. Speaking of the kingdom, Jesus said this, verse 30 to 32, it's like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown in the ground is the smallest of all seeds on the earth. Yet when it is sown, It grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so birds of the air can make nests in its shade. See, as God grows the kingdom, things that you didn't even consider start to be a part of the growing kingdom. Like when you first planted uh, a maple tree, an oak tree, a spruce, whatever it is. Now, some of you might be like, well, I was hoping that, that birds would come into it. That was really why I planted it. Well, good for you. But you know what? The bird wasn't. The bird was just living, waiting, and then it appeared. But it had all been set in the right time, in the right place, and it took maturity to set there. My parents, when they planted maple trees in their yard, thought that they were planting the best trees and that they had mapped out everything that they needed, and they had put it the far enough away from the house. Now, any of you who have ever planted maple trees know where this story is going with my parents and their maple trees, do you not? 
did my parents plant the maple trees far enough from the house? Hey, how'd you guys know that? Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Those trees have done very, very, very well for themselves. And unfortunately, the one has like lost 25% of its tree because that's where the corner of the house is that needed to have that portion of the tree. But it's grown in ways they could never have imagined. Uh, they thought that those trees would be trees that they would have their kids enjoy the shade. Little did they know that their grandkids would enjoy the shade of those same trees. So it is with the kingdom of God. The growth that happens today will not just be enjoyed by you and I, but the growth that is happening for a generation that is to come. As God is setting forth what is happening, as God is moving forward, but we get so caught up to think that it's what we need to do. When the word of the Lord is the central tenet of a community of faith, that growth will not be broken. But we sometimes get confused as to what's causing the growth. Some of you are still thinking about seeds and things that you've grown and what you've done. Now, whether or not you wear a hat the day you plant a seed, it is not relevant to the seed nor its growth. Whether or not you're wearing gloves the day that you are planting the seed is irrelevant to the seed when it grows. Whether you're singing when you plant the seed, believe it or not, is actually irrelevant to the seed. Whether or not you're happy when you plant the seed is irrelevant to the seed. Whether or not you're joyous when you put the seed in the ground is irrelevant to the seed. Whether you're crying when you put that in the ground is irrelevant to the seed. Whether you're old is also irrelevant to the seed when it is planted or when you're young. See, the seed does what it needs to do, and so it is with the word of the Lord. It doesn't mind whether you're young or you're old when you're speaking it. Some of you are convinced it's easier for kids to plant seed. It's easier for them to talk. That's just something adults say. Do you know that? You remember being a child? Do you remember how hard it was to talk to an adult? But now that you're an adult, you think that it's easy for children to speak because it's just easier for them because kids will say anything. It's not easier for kids to talk. Just try to remember being a child. One of the scariest things in the world was to have to go up to a teacher to say something. It scared me to death because teachers had the power to throw me to the principal. Teachers don't live to do that, but as a child, I was convinced that like, this could, I could be next. It was my head. And all I want to do is use the bathroom. This is why kids, when they ask to go to the bathroom, sometimes look very, very scared. It's not that they're going to be themselves. It's the fact that they think they might be sent to the principal instead of going to the bathroom. Maybe that was just something I thought. So if it was just me, I'm sorry, world. I did. I was worried. But they always let me go. <laughs> they always allowed me that opportunity to sit there. I remember as a child taking a bean. You guys ever take a little lima bean and you put it on that real wonderful, joyous school paper towel? You know the one I'm talking about? The brown paper towel on the small little spindle? And you take it in a little bag and you put that seed on there and you dampen that towel and you wonder how it was holding water because like they were the least absorbent towels in the world. Uh, and kids would use 18 feet of them to dry their hands. But we'd set that little bean on there and the teacher would say, just wait. And they'd set it in the windowsill. And all the kids thought, oh. And the next day, they'd come back. And someone's invariably, and it was never mine, but someone's would have already started to crack open. It was like, Rachel's is always the first. Like, then it was always the argument about who got the better seed and different things to sit there. But growth happened. And the children start to realize in that little thing that growth happens when we're not watching. Brothers and sisters in Christ, growth is happening every time we turn to the word of the Lord, that the word of the Lord is indeed abounding among us. For far too long, the church has allowed itself to think that growth happens because of things we do. 
that we have better music, we have bigger bulletins, we have a bigger screen, we sing louder, we're more excited. It's false teaching. We grow when the word of the Lord is planted. And the word of the Lord involves us actually doing the most fundamentally crazy thing in the church. Do you know what that is? Reading it. You actually have to read the word of the Lord. Do you know what the motivation was from the president of our church body as he spoke to our church in convention? Do you know what sad thing he had to encourage the church to do as he encouraged pastors and people who were voting delegates? Do you know what he said to us? Read the Bible. He said, brothers and sisters in Christ, read the Bible. Actually get into the Word because it is the seed. It is the Word that will produce infinitely more than you could ever imagine if only you would open it. We're not forging common ground in small groups because we just want to get together for a social club. It's because if we set this aside and we make a concerted effort, we may get more people to realize that God's Word has something for you. Infinitely more than you could have imagined. What will happen as a result of this summer of us getting into the Word is more than I could have dreamed or our leadership team could have dreamed. We have goals and aspirations of people getting excited and and built up together, but so much more of it will happen on levels that we do not know. Some of that will be shared with us. Some of it will never be shared, but God knows it all. And to Him be the glory for what that growth looks like. Because the Word of the Lord always accomplishes more. Our Old Testament reading this morning was from Ezekiel. Any of you read from Ezekiel this past week, just chilling in Ezekiel? Not this week. That's right. I know. That's good. That's a good answer. That's right. Not this week, but I've had my Ezekiel weeks. Well, Ezekiel this morning is speaking to us, to a people who are worried about growing and getting things all set, because as Ezekiel's writing, he's writing to a group of people who have been told it's time for exile. They've been kicked out of their home. They no longer have their temple. They no longer have all those things, and they're moving to Babylon. And not by choice. Uh, Babylon told them they were moving. And as he's writing to them, he says this in Ezekiel 17, 22. The Lord speaks to them. And he speaks to them about growth and says this. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and will set it out. I will break off from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one and I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. They needed to hear this word because the people of God had lost what they thought was the only place they could grow. They thought they needed the temple. They thought they had to be in Jerusalem. They thought that when they left that, they couldn't grow at all. We're a church that realizes for us to grow, we have to have the word of God, and we have to trust that God through his word will bring the growth. That when we plant the seed, it's not that we need to tally the number of seeds we've thrown, or that we need to count all those different things. We just need to trust that as we share it, and share we must. Because the time for us sitting back and closing the book and saying that's for someone else is over. God's given you everything that you ever needed. Go back with me to that little Christmas tree, or big Christmas tree, however yours was. And when that big, big gift was opened, Once it was open, did you keep your mouth quiet? Or did you start shouting from the mountaintops what you got? And you were driving whatever that was around or flying that around or sitting there and you told every single person that you could see for the weeks to come what was set there. And yet we as we gather in the church 
Far too often we'll sit there, we receive a seed that's planted as the word is preached and as we see the true body of Christ and we walk out of here for whatever reason and we say, man, if only someone would care for me. You have missed out that the maker of heaven and earth cares for you more than you could ever imagine. He cares so much that he gave his only son for you so that that son who is the incarnate word of God is the seed the one who was planted into the ground. He was died and buried. It took his death. A seed only grows if it is what? Planted. And so it was that in Christ's planting as he rose, he is also the first fruits of the resurrection. May you, a people who understand what it is to be a seed, realize that you are God. That first fruit of the resurrection is yours in your baptismal grace. And may you stand firm in that bedrock that Christ is our sure foundation. He is the seed. He is the one who has gone before us and he is charting that course for us. He is tending to the field of which we are all the fruit. Amen. We're glad you've connected with us online and look forward to the opportunity to see you in person. On behalf of everyone at Jordan, we hope you will join us as we gather in worship of our Savior, Jesus Christ, every Sunday morning at 9.30 at Beaver Creek Cinemas in the peak of good living, Apex, North Carolina.